thank you so much for joining the Faith Chapel podcast. Wherever you may be joining us from, we hope that you know that you are loved and that this message encourages you throughout your week. That's an incredible time of worship. I hope you're able to enter in and I hope you felt the presence of the Lord right where you are. There was a group of seminary students and because the seminary was really small, they had to leave the campus to go play basketball. Just a few blocks down the road, there was a public school. So they would go down there and they would play. And, and then there was this elderly janitor that was would always come out. He would patiently wait for them to finish their, their game before he would follow them out and lock the door. Well, on one particular day, one of the seminary students saw that he was reading the Bible. So on their way out, he said, sir, what are you reading? He says, I'm reading the Bible. Whoa, what, uh, what book of the Bible are you reading? He says, I'm reading the book of Revelation. Well, these seminary students probably entered in and they thought, boy, we know way more than, than he'll know about this book. So he said, well, do you understand what you're reading? He said, well, of course. He said, well, what is it then? He said, it's Jesus wins. <laughs> and that might be the greatest interpretation of that book that you've ever heard in the most simplistic. But the reality is, is that Jesus wins. And because Jesus wins, and because you're a follower of Jesus, you win as well. God has made us to be more than a conqueror. In fact, that's our big idea now in your notes, and I hope you're able to follow along. That victory is my inheritance as God's child. Victory is my inheritance because I have been brought into his family, because I'm part of the family of God. Then there is an inheritance for me, and that leads to victory. And this promise that we're looking at today is found in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 17. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible and it reads this, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you, this is the heritage of the Lord's servants for their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Now I want you to notice right away from this verse that these, this promise is only for those who are the Lord's servant. So what's the Lord's servant? Well, in your notes, let me give you just a few things. The, if determine whether or not you're a Lord's servant, you need to know this. Number one, are you submitted? Have you submitted your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Have you submitted your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Many acknowledge Christ as Savior, but they haven't really fully submitted their life to Him as Lord. You know, there's a lot of people that make a decision, raise their hand, say yes to following Jesus, but they haven't turned their life completely over to him as Lord and his Lordship. So what does it look like? Well, let me just help you in a very simple way. It's where, in where my concern is no longer what I want, but it's what he wants. If you're trying to determine whether or not that you have really made Christ the Lord of your life and not just your savior, if you really began to walk in underneath him as a servant of God, then the simple question is this, are your concerns more important to you than his concerns? Because if they are, then you need to check whether or not you're truly a servant of God. Because as a servant of God, all of a sudden my concerns take back seat and I'm more concerned about what concerns God. Well, if you're a servant of God, then these are the things that you can expect. Number one, that God hasn't forgotten you. In Psalm 105, verse 8, it says, He remembers His covenant forever, the promise He made for a thousand generations. 
You know, the Bible is very clear that God has made a covenant with you. It's an everlasting covenant, and God remembers you. He has not forgotten you. He knows exactly where you are, knows exactly what you're going through. And in this moment of hardship, in this moment of pandemic, in this moment where we're isolated, where things aren't normal, God hasn't forgotten you. I want you to know God hasn't forgotten you. He said, well, no, why do you keep saying that? Because I know what you're thinking. You're saying, I, I, I hear what he's doing in other people's lives, but I feel lonely and I feel left out or I feel isolated. I feel, I feel like, like I'm by myself. No, no, God is right there with you. God has not forgotten you. He has not left you alone. In fact, earlier in Isaiah, he comes and says this in Isaiah 49, 15, just a few verses before our, 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 our promise verse. He says simply, I will not forget you. He wanted them to understand he made it as simple as possible. I will not forget you. I'm not going to forget you. And friend, God hasn't forgotten you. He knows your address. He knows where you live. He knows your name. He knows everything that you're going through. Turn to him right now in moments like this and see that the faith of God and the hand of God will start working in your life because nothing is too difficult for God. Secondly, because you're God's servant, you can expect, number two, that God is not only, has not only forgotten you, but he is with you. Isaiah 54, verse 10. Though the mountains be shaken, the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed from you, says the Lord who has compassion for you. God is with you. He's compassionate, and nothing can shake that away. Reminds me of what Paul said in Romans 8, 38. You know the verse. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor anything present or future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Why? Because God is with you. And thirdly, God will bless you. In Isaiah 54, again, that same chapter that we're dealing with, where we've got our promise, is God to speak to his people. He says, O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones as enemy, I and your foundations will lay like sapphires. Moreover, I will make your battlements like rubies and your gates of crystal and your entire wall of precious stones. What is he saying? He said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to bless you. You're not going to live in rocks and stones. I am going to bless you. I'm going to overtake. I'm going to make sure that your lives are above everyone else's. Look, God wants to bless you. And in moments just like this, maybe the blessing of God is that he's given you help up to this moment. And, and thank God for that. Maybe he's kept you away from the pandemic and kept you healthy. That's incredible. Maybe your job is intact. Maybe your family's still there. You have all the things that you need. God is blessing your life. You should expect increase to come because you are a child of God. But you need to understand in your notes, in your notes now, God's blessings are a response to my obedience and my faithfulness. I have to be obedient to what God is asking me to do. When I am obedient, then God begins to move. You know, Peter said, Jesus, if it's you, let me come out on the water. And he got out on the water and he walked a few steps. Then he began to drown. And then Jesus reached down and pulled him up and walked him back to the boat. You know, just because you're in obedience to God doesn't mean the storm waves aren't hitting. It doesn't mean there aren't times where you're going to seem like you're drowning, where you really need God's hand to come and pull you up. 
It doesn't mean those things, it doesn't mean that life's going to be simple and it's going to be fun always and it's going to be without trial and tribulation. It just simply means this, that God will always be with you. Obedience is required to open the blessings of God in your life. So we've looked at so far, we've looked at what is a servant, but I want you to know that not only are you a servant, but you have a very real enemy. It says, no weapon formed against you. Now, wait a minute, stop. Have you considered this verse? Why would weapons be formed against me? If I'm a servant of God, my inheritance is victory. Why, why, is, why are weapons being formed against me? Well, simply put, now in your notes, you cannot become a servant of God without becoming an enemy of Satan. It's just a simple fact. The moment that you, you chose to join God and you chose to join his team and you're a part of God's family and that heritage, that, that spirit of God dwells inside of you, the anointing of God rests upon you, the blessing and the favor of God fell upon you, you immediately became an enemy of Satan. And Satan is a very real enemy. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around. What's he doing? He's prowling around like a roaring eye, looking to whom he may devour. I know right here in the middle of this promise, we find ourselves facing a real adversary. Sometimes it's difficult to see the promises of victory in the middle of a battle. And maybe that's where you're at. You're having trouble seeing victory in the middle of a battle, pandemic, isolation, lost job, lost wages, whatever you're going through. Maybe you've lost a spouse or a child. Maybe you've, maybe you've found on hardship financially. I don't know. But whatever you're going through, you're in the middle of this battle. It's hard to see victory there. In fact, every time we read a report of, of a believer being killed for their faith, it seems like the enemy is winning. And in those moments, what we have to do is what the author of Proverbs reminds us, is trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Through earthly weapons cannot destroy us, fleshly our, our flesh tents, our, our earth suits, our, our lives. There is no earthly weapon that can destroy your relationship with God or separate you from his love and his care. He cares about you, he loves you, and he is with you. So you need to understand you're in a very, that your enemy is, a, is very real. Number two, that you're in a spiritual battle. We look around sometimes and we get distracted by this temporal, by the physical realm that we live in, but you're not physical. See, you're actually a spiritual being having a physical encounter, not a physical being hoping to have a spiritual encounter. Let me explain. You are created to live for eternity. Your spirit in the side of you will live for absolute eternity. And for a season, you're here on this earth, in this earth suit we call a body, experiencing the physical realm. And this physical realm many times causes us to get our eyes off of the prize and then we begin to be distracted. I want you to know that these things are not the problem. It is the spiritual battle that you're in. Paul said, told the church of Ephesus, he said, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you will be able to stand firm against the devil's schemes. Why? Before our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not in this physical realm. It's not against flesh and blood. 
but it's against rulers and powers and against world forces of darkness and against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Listen, that's why prayer time is so important. That's why we need to declare the authority of God that God has given us. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He said, I give it unto you. As a child of God, we need to declare that authority. We need to walk in that authority and walk in the name of Jesus and walk in the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit and be bold in our declarations and our prayers because our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities in dark places. We're roaring against things in the spirit realm and we have power to lay siege to that and it has to obey. Amen. That should be an encouragement to you out there, whether you're in your car, on your chair, or in your couch. That should get you stirred because God is working in your life. He's giving you all the power you need. And number three, Satan is committed to destroying you. Listen, John 10, 10, you know well, the thief comes only what? To kill, to, to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. His job is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He wants to destroy your life. That's why we need to stand firm. Put on the full armor of God. Pray in the spirit. Pray with the understanding. Make bold declarations. Have bold prayers. Make sure we're pulling down the strongholds. Making sure that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, bringing every high thing captive to the obedience of Christ. That's the power of God that's working within us. And the enemy is worried about you. You shouldn't be worried about the enemy, but just wrestle with him knowing that it's very real. And then thirdly is this promise, the victory. See, victory, number one, is my inheritance is God's shield to me. I can walk in victory right now. It's a shield about me. And as long as I'm in obedience, I should expect God to bring victory into my life. He said, I have made you to be an overcomer in this world. An overcomer. God wants me to walk as an overcomer, victorious in this world, bringing down strongholds, casting down imaginations, making sure I'm breaking through the walls that are standing in my way because God is with me. God is with you as well. And that is your victory. Number two, God will rescue you. Just like with Peter, when he began to sink in the water. Well, what happened? Jesus was right there. And Jesus reached down and he pulled Peter up out of that water. And he made sure that he did not lose his life, that he was rescued. I know that there are many people around the world that are losing their lives for the gospel, gospel of Jesus Christ. And my prayers go out to every martyr that has spilled blood for the cause of Christ. And you might be asking, well, what about their rescue? What happens to them? Well, I want you to know that their rescue is coming. It's either here on this earth, or it'll be in heaven, but God will reward them on that day for their service and for their faithfulness. And they will receive a martyr's crown and they will receive a celebration like none other. And then thirdly, God will give me the victory. That's what this whole thing's about. There's no weapon formed against me shall prosper. All the tongues that speak against me will not because the victory belongs to the Lord. Uh, in Revelation 21, we kind of see the end from the beginning in this way. Then I saw the new heaven and new earth and the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea for I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God made ready as the bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, 
and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people and God himself among them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death and there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain for the first things have passed away. Can I tell you, that's ultimately what's going to happen. Whether you receive the victory here on earth, and listen, I believe that God can bring deliverance and victory to you no matter what your situation is. God can do it right here. There's nothing too difficult for our God. May faith rise up within us to believe God for miracles and supernatural deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. But if that's not God's ultimate will, if we have to pay the ultimate price and we stand before God, we will be there on that day and he'll wipe away every tear and he will be there with us to make sure that there's no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, and no more pain. God himself will give us the victory. You know, I close with this story. The late World War II, there were two British soldiers and a, and a Scottish seminary professor and a Scottish chaplain. And they bail out of an airplane behind enemy lines and they were quickly captured. They were taken to a camp and, and they were separated. One, one of the Scottishmen was taken to the American side. The other Scottishman was taken to the, to, the, to the English side. And there was this big fence that separated between them. Well, what they didn't know is on the American side, they had a transistor radio that they had smuggled in somehow and, and they were getting news reports. And every day they would go to the fence and the other would go to the fence and they would speak in this ancient Gaelic dialect that no one could understand. And then they would go back and they would tell the report of what they were hearing on the radio. Well, one day when on the American side, when they were listening to the radio, they heard the story of how the German forces had, had declared that they, were, that they were defeated and they had surrendered. Well, he went out and he told his friend, they've surrendered, we have won, we've gotten the victory. And he walked away slowly, went into his barracks and told his friends. And all of a sudden there was this loud celebration. Their people were chanting and people were cheering and the entire atmosphere of the camp began to change. For the next three days, they would come out and, and they would say hi to their captors. They would talk to the soldiers. They would even laugh at the dogs. They would tell jokes and play games and things were just merry all of a sudden all around the camp. In fact, it wasn't until three days later that the German officers that were there and soldiers of that camp finally got the news that they had been defeated. They ran off into the wilderness and they unlocked the doors and the forces came in and, and freed them. But here's what I want you to get. I think we're exactly like those men in that prison camp. The war is over because 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross and the veil was written too and he gave us divine access into the Holy of Holies. And we can go boldly and approach the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. Victory. We can receive victory because of what Jesus has done 2,000 years. The victory has already been established. But sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes we have to wait it out for those maybe three days until we experience a deliverance here or maybe deliverance there. I don't know what God has for you, but I want you to know this. That God has a victory for you waiting just around the corner. And I believe with all of my heart that he wants you to stir up the faith inside of you. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Whatever you're needing today, I believe if you'll let faith rise up, the victory of God, the deliverance of God, the hand of God can begin to work in your circumstance. And I also know and believe this, that if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, the greatest victory 
happened 2,000 years ago on a cross where the enemy, Satan himself, thought that he was winning by putting Jesus on that cross and killing him. But three days later, he rose from the grave, victorious over hell, death, and the grave. And then he ascended after meeting with the disciples, ascended unto heaven, and was seated at the right hand of the Father. And right now, he's praying for you. And what is he praying? If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's praying for you to be in relationship with him. That's right. He wants to be your friend. He wants to know you. He's just waiting for your simple prayer to say, come, come into my life. In fact, the Bible says this, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So let me ask you, are you ready to call upon the Lord? I love to lead you in that prayer. Say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. I make you my savior and my Lord. And I'll serve you the rest of my days. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, would you click on the link below? And we would love to send you some information, connect with you. We're so excited for what God has just done in your life. I remember the day I gave my life to Christ. It was a day of turnaround. It was a day of victory for me. I was never, 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 never the same. And I'm praying that you'll have an encounter with God like that as well. So click on that link. We'd love to see some information, connect with you. And I'm praying for you this week to have a week of victory, a week of miracles, a week of deliverance. God is about to do something in your life. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks again for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to further connect with us here at Faith Chapel, visit us online at faithchapelsd.com or any social media platform at Faith Chapel SD. See you real soon.